Hello, welcome again to Church Online. My name is Rosie, I am on the staff team at Grace Church and it is such a joy to be speaking to you this morning. I'm also on our Connect team at church and it has been so great to meet so many new people that have joined us um, since we've started doing Church Online. And I'm looking forward to meeting some of you in person who we've only met um, kind of through Zoom calls. If you are new and um, you're just looking in today or um, someone invited you to come and be part of um, Church Online this morning, um, I want you to know that you are so welcome here. You're so welcome to be part of what we're doing. This isn't just a club that you're looking in on from the outside. This is a community. This is a family. Um, and our door is open to you. You're welcome to be um, part of us. I don't know about you, but um, I found it so much easier to get distracted watching um, preachers online like this rather than being together in person. So I'd just like to encourage you um, to maybe uh, put your phone somewhere that you can't um, check it. Um, and um, let's give God the next 20 minutes. I'm only going to speak for 20 minutes or so. Let's give him this time because I really believe that he wants to come and speak to us. Now we are looking at some different Psalms, um, some songs um, in the Bible over the um, past few weeks. And I'm so glad that we are spending time in the pages of this book because the Psalms have been a great help to me throughout my life. I learned to pray the Psalms when I was just a young teenager and they have given language to some of the deepest things in my heart and in my head. The Psalms give us permission to express our deepest frustrations and confusions to God. They give us songs to sing and they give us reasons to sing them. They have been such a comfort to me. And I believe that our Father God longs to draw near to us this morning or whenever it is you're watching this back. He longs to draw near to us through the words of Psalm 121. If you have a Bible near you, why don't you turn to this psalm um, and, or if you don't have a Bible, the words will appear on the screen next to me. <clears throat> it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Do you feel weary? Weary with working from home? Teaching from home? Weary with repetitiveness of the same day over and over again? Weary with uncertainty about what the future, the next few weeks, the next few months might look like? Or do you feel simply weary with boredom? 
Well, this is a song for uncertain roads, written for people on a journey who needed to know help and needed to receive rest. This psalm is for pilgrims who are headed to Jerusalem, to the city of God, where they hoped they will meet with God together with his people. There will be rejoicing and music, feasting and dancing and wine. Among them on this journey are those who are impatient, expectant, those who are fearful, and those who are weary. Their journey is through arid, mountainous paths, and on the way there are many dangers. Heat, disease far from home, robbers could be around the next corner waiting to um, prey on people traveling with money, and wild animals could lurk in any nearby hole or round the next bend. As these travellers near Jerusalem, they lift up their eyes to the hills surrounding the city and ask, where does my help come from? Now it might seem like it's gonna be a bit of a jump to relate to these dusty ancient travellers, especially when so few of us have been doing any travelling at all recently. But the Bible says we too are pilgrims. It tells us that we are on our way to the new Jerusalem to be with God, together with his people, where there will be for us great rejoicing and music, feasting and dancing and wine. On the way, among us now, there are those who are impatient, expectant, tired and fearful. And who among us in recent months haven't lifted up our eyes to the hills surrounding us in longing or in anxiety and asked, where does my help come from? Verse two answers the question, our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Isn't it interesting that this psalm tells us that God is our helper by telling us that God is our creator? It says, my help comes from the Lord, maybe there we'd expect, who is our comforter, who is our healer or our saviour. But what the psalmist chooses to say about God being our helper, about what he's like, is that he is the maker of heaven and earth. So how does knowing that God made heaven and earth and made us help us understand that God is our helper? Well, actually, it won't help us at all. It won't be any comfort whatsoever if when we imagine God's creation of us, God's creative work in all of our lives as him creating us on day one, and then intervening in our lives now and then, only when things get in such a mess that we need rescuing. When we cry out, okay, God, I can't do this anymore. I need your help. That is a description of a distant God, 
a far-off deity who perhaps dabbles in the life of his creation, but mainly leaves them to it. That is not what this book tells us about our Father God. Do you know what the Bible says about God being our creator? It says that the Son, Jesus, is sustaining all things by his powerful word. That means that you woke up this morning because of the powerful word of Jesus. The same word that said, let there be light in the very beginning. And the same breath that breathed life into Adam is breathing life into your body this very second. He is the maker of heaven and earth and he knit you together in your mother's womb on day one and he is sustaining each cell in your body, each beat of your heart. So when we cry out to God for help, we're not asking him to come down and intervene. We are coming to the one who is constantly working on our behalf. When the psalmist looks to the hills and says, where does my help come from? The answer is quite simply from the one who made those very hills. There have been times recently where almost out of nowhere, I have felt acutely fearful about my own health. It's not something that I've experienced much before, but just during this time, maybe the, um, the amount of news that um, flies around, um, um, often at night, where I, maybe I've not got so many other thoughts to distract me. I've just felt that fear come. Are you safe? How can you know that you will be safe and well? It's been in those times that knowing God is my creator has made all the difference because it means that he knows each hair on my head. He knows what's going on in my body because he made it and he cares for what he makes. Let's turn to the next couple of verses, verses three and four. They say, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It is such a simple idea in reading this psalm that it could almost just pass us by. God needs to sleep. God doesn't need to sleep. We do. God will watch over Israel, but Israel need to sleep. Have you ever thought about why God created us to need sleep? If we think about it, he, we spend one third of our lives asleep. Think of all that we could achieve in those hours or all that God could have us doing for the kingdom, all that he could have us achieving. But there's a lesson for our souls every time our head hits that pillow. Sleep is a nightly declaration that he is God and we are not. Maybe you really need that reminder right now. Because maybe you feel like just a few more hours in the day would be really helpful and you could finally get done everything that you need to do. 
Maybe you've been juggling a new way of working, homeschooling. Um, maybe it doesn't feel like things have slowed down, but things have sped up for you and it takes all the running that you can do just to stay in one place. And you think, oh, if I just had a few more hours in the day, then I could be on top of things. Or maybe you're in the opposite situation and you have loads more time than you used to have. And yet you feel that day after day, you're failing to make the most of it. You feel like you should be spending more time with God, but also rekindling old hobbies and clearing out the shed and learning Japanese. <laughs> and yet you get to the end of the day and you find that you've fallen short again. Whether your life has sped up or slowed down recently, these verses offer an invitation to us. I believe even an invitation right now to come again before God, the one who our help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth, and to say, you are God and I am not. You are in control, so I don't have to be. Over my work, over my degree, my family, my health, my future, my failures, you are God and I am not. I need that reminder at the end of work days where I feel that there's just so much more I could have done. I need that reminder when I realise how many friends I haven't managed to keep in touch with during this time. And I need that reminder when I'm tempted to check the news for the 10th time that day. Because sometimes my worry and my stress comes from me trying to do God's job for him and then failing. <laughs> in just a few Psalms time, in Psalm 127, it says, It is in vain that you rise early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Isn't that beautiful? He gives to his beloved sleep. Let me read verses two and three in this psalm again, or three and four. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now this word keeps, God being our keeper, could sound a little bit like God is a uh, heavenly security guard. But this word keeps, the Hebrew word shamar, means to watch over, to attend to carefully, to preserve. This is love like a mother hen gathering her chicks under her wing. This is a careful keeping. He keeps us because it is his delight to keep us because we are his beloved. God describes this delight in the book of Zephaniah, where he says, the Lord God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. While we sleep, he is up all night. 
rejoicing over us with gladness, keeping us with care. Let's look ahead now to um, the next few verses. I'll read verses five to seven. It says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Now it can be um, confusing to read verses like this because it can sound like they're promising that nothing bad will happen to us. But if we read verses like this and if we, if we think, oh God is promising that no trouble will come near me, that my life will be free of suffering, then we're gonna be really confused by the Bible and really confused by life. Because trusting God does not mean that the path is easy. It wasn't easy for these people who wrote this psalm on rough and uncertain roads. And it's not easy for us on our journey. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. So if these words aren't to guarantee that we'll be protected from all suffering, what is the promise in these words? In the words, the Lord will keep you from all evil. They are our assurance, not that no harm will come near us, but that he will see us through to the end of our journey. They are our promise that there is nothing, no trial, no danger, no doubt, no disease that can take us off our path, on our journey to be with him in that great new Jerusalem, to be home with him forever. That's what Paul is saying in Romans 8, where he says, for I am sure that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This means that when you feel weak in faith or struggling with sin, you don't have to be your own keeper. It means that he is the keeper of our souls. When it says that he will not let your foot be moved, saying that the guarantee that when I wake up tomorrow, I'll still be on this path following Jesus, does not come from me, thank God. It comes from him, it comes from his promise to us. It comes from his character, his faithfulness. I'm so thankful that I don't have to be the keeper of my own soul because I can't even be the keeper of my own day-to-day -day life. He is the keeper of our souls. How, though, can we know deep in the depths of our soul that we are being kept on this path? How can we know that we are being kept by God for eternity? Well, our guarantee comes from looking to one particular journey to Jerusalem. We've looked at uh, these pilgrims' journey to Jerusalem and our own pilgrimage, but there was one journey to Jerusalem. 
that makes it possible for us to say these words. And that is Jesus's journey to Jerusalem. In a way, this journey was his whole life because it was on a hill in Jerusalem that he died to become our great help. And do you know that Jesus goes more willingly to that hill? He went more willingly to that cross than we do to go to the throne of grace. He was more willing to help us than we are to be helped. Do you doubt that he understands what you are going through? Then lift up your eyes. Do you doubt that he still has the patience to help you? Then lift up your eyes. Do you doubt that he has love enough to help you? Then lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes to the hill of Calvary to the cross of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself, stretched out arms of eternal help, reaching back into history to be the salvation for these pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem and reaching all the way to us, scattered pilgrims on our way to the new Jerusalem. When we lift our eyes to this hill, we see the answer to the question, where does my help come from? From our good father, who in his commitment to helping his people, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us. And if he gave us Jesus, will he not surely keep our lives, which are now found hidden in him? in cancelled plans, in lonely days, in school at home, the Lord is your keeper. In grounded flights, postponed weddings, unexpected funerals, the Lord is your keeper. In family Zooms and work from home Zooms and friends that you haven't spoken to in half a decade Zooms, the Lord is your keeper. He will not let your foot be moved. He will not let your soul be moved. He will keep you to the end of the journey. He will carry you to the new Jerusalem. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. We're gonna worship again in a second. Chris is going to lead us in a song. As we come before him now, I believe that Jesus invites us to come and give us, give him our weariness, to bring our fear, to bring our weariness, to bring our tiredness, to bring our cares and our concerns, our attempts to keep ourselves to him and receive rest from the one who made us, who sustains us, who never tires in his care over us to come to our keeper. <laughs>